and this is Jeff. Welcome on board to another episode of the Tryhard Academy where it's always better to get good rather than get, get wrecked. wrecked. So this is going to be a little bit of a deviation from what we're normally used to doing, which is our typical podcast articles as well as our uh, actual audio recordings where we're talking about certain aspects within the competitive EDH community. This is going to be a, the beginning of what we call the Future Sight series. Now, Future Sight is going to be dedicated towards specific cards out of releases that we think are going to be geared towards the, the competitive EDH community. Yeah, these are cards we are just looking at. We're just speculating. This is, first off, just to let you guys know, this is 100% speculation, mm -hmm. although we have good reason to believe that the cards we will bring up mm -hmm. might have some place, right? Mm -hmm. At the very least. There might be cards we might talk about that might show up, but these are the cards that the ones we're going to talk about today are the ones that we see with some impact somewhere down the road. Sure. And in and along those lines, uh, other podcasts, other shows may do something faintly similar to that. But where we're going to deviate from that is we're going to be looking specifically at cards that have specific implications within the competitive EDH community. And along those lines, we're going to be also looking at certain decks which may be able to utilize that. So with that being said, we're going to go ahead and start off the Future Sight series with Guilds of Ravnica. Ravnica. Oh man, I love... You know, what's funny is that I remember playing an original Ravnica back when I was in high school, right? right. And, I, and, we, and I just got out of the whole scandal that was called the Affinity Deck Yuck. from Mirrodin and oh man I loved Kamigawa right. but it was not nah, Ravnica yeah, yeah yeah that's what we're talking about and don't, and I think you have some experience with Ravnica too yes I do so uh, I started originally playing uh, standard way 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 back in the days but when I came back in 2010 one of the first decks that I picked up for standard was uh, Red Green Valakut Ramp. So, Gruel's kind of stuck with me for a little bit of time. <laughs> uh, in fact, one of my first ever competitive EDH decks, which really wouldn't be competitive by now, uh, now standards, yeah. uh, was in fact Red Green. It was uh, Roshin Meanderer. It was a forest fire deck, in fact. <laughs> uh, that happened to include Tooth and Nail, a couple Kiki-Jiki combos, and... Uh, Primus Armageddon, Woodfall Primus and Malira yeah. Silvac Outcast. And also have like a like a lean crap ton of like fireball effects too. Yes, it had uh <laughs> five different fireball spells that were just X and red or X and double red or whatever. There was a comet storm, a fireball. I think there was also a devil's play in the deck, something like that. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. uh, demon fire and bane fire were yeah, the other no. ones. So. We're gonna kick. So now that you know that we've had some experience here, right? So we're gonna we're gonna we get this whole list planned out. What we're gonna do though, we're gonna kick it off with some cards that, well, per se may not be on the level, but they were they were curious enough to us that we were like might as well pull out a little spotlight on them. Like, hey, these cards are kind of cool. We we are glad they're here. Right? You know, for me personally, some of these cards are gonna be pretty well obvious. To some people. Uh, to some of you, however, the cars that we're going to be looking at are not going to seem really obvious off the first glance. 
but are going to reveal themselves that we think are going to be sleeper agents. Yeah. No pun intended. Yeah, no, there's some, we got some real sleeper agents here. Yeah. <laughs> but a couple cards I like to lay out, right? Yeah. Let's talk about chromatic, it's like, we're gonna, I'm going to name off a couple honorable mentions. Sure. Chromatic Lantern, mm-hmm. right? Chromatic Lantern's a form, is just a commander, all-star staple. It's... It's there. <laughs> sure. No, and Chromatic Lantern, and at a bare minimum, in any two-color deck, sure, you're going to be able to manifest yourself no problem. Uh, in any three-color and above, it's usually fairly helpful. I think, it's, I think it's usually required in pretty much at this point. Well, it depends <laughs> on the nature of the deck. Yeah. Now, for competitive EDH, you typically nah. won't find it. No, nah, I love myself Chromatic Lantern, so... Sure, I, I can like understand that. that. Plus, it's getting refreshed. But two cards, though, that we will talk about, that we... We'll bring up somewhat Unmoored Ego and Doom Whisper. So the first one I want to touch on is Unmoored Ego. Uh, the reason why I want to touch on that is because it says name a card and search your search target opponent's library for up to four cards with that name and then exile them. Notice how it says any card. If you really want to be a jerk about it, you can go uh, name a basic land and just snipe out four basic lands right out of their deck. Now, that's as far as competitive EDH is concerned. You can also name uh, any key card in that person's deck, immediately snipe it out. Yeah, no, that's just gonzo for some of those cards. So, for more 60-card constructed play, I see this as a sideboard against Tron easy. Yeah, I, I see it, but I don't think it'll last that long, truth be told. It, it's definitely it, worth a shot. It, it's definitely worth a shot. The other card, though, we should definitely talk about because this card, while being a more or less a yay card, mm-hmm. it has some pretty funny stuff we could do with it. Doom Whisperer. Yeah, so Doom Whisperer, for those who are unaware, is a 6-6 Flying Trampler Demon for 5 CMC, 3 and 2 black. It has an activated ability of Pay 2 Life, Surveil 2. You look at the top two cards of your library, and you may put any of them in your graveyard or back on top of your library in any order. So, when I look at a card like this, I wonder, what kind of implications does a card like this have? Is it a undercosted body? Definitely. Does it kick teeth in? Of course, in yeah, mid-range definitely builds. <laughs> so, I mean, I see it at a bare minimum in Blood Pod, okay? Yeah. That's just off, off the cuff. It's a mid-range beat stick that can beat face in. And that's what Blood Pod wants to do. It wants to kick teeth in. But let's take that in a slightly divergent direction. What card can you think of in competitive EDH where the activated ability is akin to this creature? I think of two cards immediately. Sure. Number one, Lem Duel's Vault. Okay. Alright. Number two, Adnaz. Yes. So, it's more like Grizzlebrand, in my opinion, but you're right to point out Ad Nauseam. It looks like a slightly controlled version of Ad Nauseam on a creature. And the reason why I look at it as like that is because if you pair it with a card like Yogmoth's Will, <laughs> this card goes bonkers. <laughs> yeah, no, you're not wrong. And the fact is, though, we're paying at, what, 40 life? Right. And... God forbid if you have a way to gain life. Mm-hmm. Like a Loro deck. Like any like seriously, this card would be bonkers in a Loro decks. I could see this as a mid-range storm 
yeah, no. uh, enabler using Yawgmoth's will. Yeah, no, I can definitely see it. Truth be told is, I think Doom Whisperer, while maybe on overall as for competitive play, maybe on the Fringer side, but I think it definitely could see some play. Mm-hmm. So, while that's all done, let's talk about the actual cards here that will be actually... That will probably see play. <laughs> okay. The first one we want to touch on is one that is probably on everybody's radar right off the bat. Let's just get it out the way. Assassin's Trophy. Yeah, no. Assassin's Trophy, what is there to be said? It's literally a Vindicate with a Path to Exile attached to it. Yeah, no. It's And the fact is, it's cheaper than Vindicate. Yes. That's... It's two mana, remove something, they get a, and, and the controller of that gets a basic land... Onto the battlefield, like, I can see so many ways how that could be turned and used. So, against, say, for example, 4C Breakfast Hulk, you can just hose him right out of a permanent no problem. Yeah, no. Uh, against Stax decks running Tabernacle of the Pendrel Veil. Yeah. Uh, you could just hose that Stax deck out of that piece right there. Uh, you name pretty much any permanent that is potentially problematic, you can just hose it right there. Any 4C deck is going to have a hard, hard time trying to recover from it. Yeah, no, this is... I think this card, as they said, I think this card is going to be literally a form, a multi-format all-star. Now, in Blood Pot, what I'm curious to see is seeing somebody, say, using Tana the Bloodsower to create those sapperlings and then blowing up one of their sapperlings to ramp, for example. Yeah, no, I could definitely see that. Uh... Now, putting that aside, let's look at a card that may not be on somebody's hit list. Mausoleum Secrets. Oh, this thing. All right. So, Mausoleum Secrets is a two-drop. One black, one colorless. With undergrowth. Mm -hmm. That states, you may search your library for any black card with total CMC equal to or less than the number of creature cards in your graveyard. Alright, first off, I'm going to say it right now. This card is absolutely bonkers stupid. This is, yes. from my opinion, one of the greatest sleepers yes, in this, this is, entire block. Yes, this has Zanch's sleeper agent written all over it. Yeah. Jokes aside. <laughs> so, at a bare minimum, in CDH, you go find Slaughter Pact. Yeah. Very, very powerful removal. You don't even have to have it in your hand. You just go find it. Yeah, no, that's just dumb. Kill kill target Gaddick Teague. Get it off my board. Yeah. Bye. Yeah. Also, one thing to remember about this. This is an instant speed tutor. Yes. So, at one CMC, and this is where it really goes cuckoo for Cocoa oh, Puffs. Oh, yeah, no. Any black variant card, first off, Deathrite Shaman at a bare minimum most notably. Oh, yeah, no. But notice how it says any black car. So, at one CMC, let's name a few of them off the top that you can go find. Imperial Seal. Vampiric Tutor. Demonic Consultation. Tainted Pact. Fatal Push. Fatal Push. Thoughtseize. Inquisition. Darkness. Extirpate. Great for hosing graveyards. <laughs> Bubbling Muck for your ramping. Cabal Therapy, Culling the Weak. The list goes on and on and on. Yeah, no, this is this is just at one mana. We're not even talking about two or three mana, which go even... Let's just say this. It goes ludicrous from there. 
Sure. Now, that is just the, that's the cellar. That's the cellar, the bottom floor of it. Let's take that one step higher and go in a slightly different direction. There are color change cards out there, such as Glamour Die, for example. Yeah. <laughs> so, why go find a black card when you can go find any card you want? Go find a blue card, say, I don't know, Pact and Negation at zero for an instant counter? Or who knows, maybe if you use Glamour Die to turn it to green to find a Summoner's Pact. You could do that. You could also use Glamour Die defensively to hose that spell as well. Yeah, turn it to a color they don't have in their deck. Yeah, no, this card is quite dumb, actually. It's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> this is just my personal recommendation. The card is sitting, I believe, at somewhere around 2 to $3. Yeah, pre-orders, I think they're around 2 to $3 on TCG Player at the time of this recording. Yes. So, truth be told is... And this is like a couple days before the release, right? So yeah, no. If you do find these, pick up your playset of this card. I, you know, me personally, I'm not picking up just a playset. I'm picking up two, three, four playsets. Yeah, no. This card, I don't know why this card is three dollars. This is a sleeper, by all means. Let's talk about another sleeper. Let's talk about another card people have talked about. This one's a little bit more notorious. Let's talk about mission briefing. Ooh, Snapcaster on an instant. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> this card, oh man, when I saw this card, I was like going, I was like, I looked at it and I was like, I was like, oh, okay, I can buy into it. And then I looked around a little bit more and people, and I had one guy, he posted this thing, he was a judge. Uh -huh. He talked about some of the judge rulings on this card and I'm just like, what the, this card is way dumber than Snappy. Yes. This card is so all right, so we're going to talk about this card. So this card has mission briefing. It is two blue CMC. Is two blue instant that has surveil two. Then mm -hmm. you may play. You may cast an instant or sorcery card from your graveyard. When that card goes back to your graveyard, exile it. Instead. Instead. However, though. This card, this opens up places. All right, let's talk about, this card is a multi-chunk card here we need to talk about. Let's talk about Surveil, too. All right, at the very worst, even if your graveyard gets exiled or effect like, I don't know, Planner Void or Leyline of the Void, right? Mass gra Graveyard Hoser. This card, at the very core, at the very worst, is a way you could filter your top cards in your library. Sure. <laughs> now... That's on the low end. That's on the low end. <clears throat> Let's go a little bit deeper than that. So, in some ways, I think this card is a little bit better than Snapcaster and is another sleeper agent yeah. for two reasons. Number one, the spell that you choose, not target, but choose, doesn't explicitly get targeted. That's the reason why I'm breaking this down a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> because number two... You get to cast any card, a sorcery or insert from your graveyard. All right, first off, number one, pay attention to timing restrictions. Sure. Right? Because sorceries only can be played during your main phases. Mm -hmm. Instances can be played whenever as a response, so on and so forth. However, though, the card doesn't target number one. Number two, that means no, no one can respond to this. Number two, 
Except on the cast. Yes, on the cast of so Mission Briefing. So, basically, scavenging news is kind of left out hosed. of the circle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Screw you, Scoos. You're hosed. Yeah. Number two. Right? Since it says cast, you could use alternative casting costs as your cast of this spell. Let's go with one of my favorites of all time. And I've used, and I and I like this because you could do it with this. Force of Will. Yes. Because, you know, we all talked about Force of Will how it's probably one of the greatest blue spells of all time. Mm-hmm. Truth be told is, is that it it is quite arguably one of the best. The only problem is you can only cast it once before it's well, in the graveyard. In the graveyard. You know what this does? For two mana, another life, and another blue card, you can cast it again. You can basically soft cast it. Yeah. Exactly. Now, I want to also touch on another card, Capsize. And oh. here's the reason why. Yeah, this is, yeah. Because Capsize has buyback. So, if you buy back a spell, normally that spell gets put into your hand as a replacement effect as the spell is resolving. Since the card doesn't get put back into your graveyard, that card instead comes right back to your hand. So you boomerang that spell right yeah, back to your hand. Yeah, no, that's the thing, though. If you have two replacement effects go on the stack for the same reason, in this case, buyback and the exile clause on mission briefing, you get to choose which one you want. In this case, if we use a buyback spell, we're going to bounce it right back to our hands. Right, and the reason why is because you, the controller of the spell, are... In control of the two conflicting situations. So yeah. that's very important to really, really take into consideration. If you're in control of two circumstances which are in conflict with each other, such as in this particular case, you get to choose which one gets to resolve. And by the way, just for those that play 60 cards, this is a very funny spell because you could chain mission briefings into other mission briefings. Which is hilarious in and of itself. <laughs> it's just a funny thing we just thought of. Just like, you know what else? This is kind of funny, right off the nose. So let's talk about another card, all right, mm-hmm. that we all thought was pretty funny. Beast Whisperer. Yes, I did see that. <laughs> Primord- <laughs> it, yeah, Primordial Sage on an Elf. Yeah. As if Elves needed any more help. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, no, this is literally, it's like, I can see this card for any type of deck, like, I don't know, Yisan Midrange? Yep. Brostorm List? Momir oh. Hackball, just on an offhand chance in case you really need it? Yeah, no, this is kind of funny. <laughs> you know, it, again, for more potato magic kind of stuff, you can put this in any sort of elf-oriented deck and just pair it with something like Primordial Sage or Glimpse of Nature. You just go backers from there. Yeah, no, this card is pretty solid. I'm very stoked to see this card be played in just casual beer and pretzels magic. Uh, and to even a greater degree in competitive EDH in that Bro Storm and that Silvala yeah. mid-range list. Yeah, no, that's going to be stupid. After all, don't I remember you talking about a card, uh, was it the Ogs... Uh... The, mo- the the new Mogs, the Ogs will for your oh, opponents. God <laughs> damn it. Yeah, no, when I saw this card, my jaw dropped. I'm like, are they really doing this? <laughs> so the card that Cole is talking about is Mnemonic Betrayal, which is a one blue and a black three CMC sorcery that is essentially a Yogmoss will, but directed towards your opponents. You exile all graveyards 
And any and all cards out of those graveyards until the end of turn are free game. So, on one hand, yes, because it is graveyard dependent, this card is to a lesser degree scalable. So, in less developed metas, this card may not necessarily go the distance. But in competitive EDH situations, this card could very well scale depending on which pod you sit in. Depending on who your opponents are. Yeah, no, this card... I looked at this and I'm like, going, you know, I know Yogg's, and it's like, I know Yogg's will is pretty good. This card, it's like, you know what else? As you said, it scales literally with the table. If your ta- if your opponents are playing really good, really busted stuff, mm-hmm. you're going to get really good results out of this. If they're playing lower powered decks, like you know what else? I can see this card being reasonably played to play another wrath effect out of another player's graveyard. Sure. And that and to call it a day, you know what else? Truth be told, this card. I think overall it needs some testing to prove itself. Yes. But I think this card is a good card to keep an eye out on, though, when you're when you're playing around, definitely. I agree with that. I mean, especially if you pair it with Yogg's Will, where you're storming out of the yard and then you start casting other people's spells out of yeah. their yards. <laughs> That's where it's going to get really crazy. <laughs> yeah, it would be. So, now we got done with that. Now let's talk about possibly one of Mean Jeff's most underrated... Most quietly talked about cards. Although, truth be told, he has some great some talk. But the truth, the fact is, though, is that this guy, I don't know. I don't like people, how they're talking about him. It's like, I can see potential. But what we came up with, though, this guy is absolutely one of the most hilarious, most dumbest cards, I we think, from this whole set. And this legend, Nadari Creature... Lazaroff the Multifarious. <laughs> he's not just legendary, he's legendary. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, this gentleman is a 2CMC legend. You pay X into him, you turn into any creature of that CMC uh, until the end of turn. Now, the creature does have to be in your graveyard when you try to activate the ability, but that's really not that bad of an issue. You can control your graveyard, especially in competitive EDH. Yeah. And to that end, I see two directions with this particular legend. The first of which is going to be a Turbo Necrotic Ooze Strat, and the second of which is going to be a Doomsday Pile. So let's touch on Necrotic Ooze. For those who are familiar with Necrotic Ooze, you kind of have an idea of where I'm going with this. For those who are not, Necrotic Ooze has all activated abilities of all creatures in all graveyards. So where are we going with this? We're going with a Turbo Buried Alive strategy. Finding News, Devourer, and either Triskelion or Walking Ballista. You then turn Lazav into Necrotic Ooze. And then you have Lazav act as though it were Necrotic Ooze and you kill the table. Yeah, that actually seems... And the funny part about this is, it doesn't even matter because even if you get the ooze, it, it doesn't even matter if you if you happen to draw into the ooze or something. You just pitch them right to the yard. Yeah, you either pitch them. Heck, you can even just play them. You can even have Lazaroff just sitting right there on the sideline, going, "Ah, eh, that's cool, bro." <laughs> you don't even need them on the side. You don't even need them on the field until you're gonna go off. Yeah, no, this is this guy is pretty. That's pretty quiet. Let's talk about Doomsday because this is where money starts flying. Yes. So <laughs> for this one, uh, the way I look at 
uh, Doomsday in this sense is through Predict, the card Predict. What we're going to do with a Lazav Doomsday deck in this situation is after casting Doomsday, we're going to go ahead and set up the pile where from top to bottom you're going to have Lab Man on top, then Gush, LED, Git Probe, then Street Wraith uh, in your deck. You'll then use Predict to crack the pile, putting Laboratory Maniac into your yard drawing Gush and LED. You play LED, then you play Gush. Here, you hold priority. You play Gush, bounce two islands, then crack LED for either triple blue, triple black, it doesn't matter. And then you draw Gitaxian Probe and Street Wraith. From here, you have Lazav turn into a copy of Laboratory Maniac, and then you cast Git Probe to try to win, holding Street Wraith up, for protection. <laughs> this is really, really nasty. It's really nasty because it's pretty cheap on the mana. And it protects itself quite nicely uh, from any sort of spot removal uh, as a result of trying to go about the Doomsday Pile. You, most importantly, don't have to cast Laboratory Maniac from out of your graveyard, which insulates you by proxy. Yeah, no, that's kind of dumb because if you think about this combo too... Depending on regardless, depending on how your mana set up, this combo is highly resilient. It is. It's also very fast yeah. because blue and black, in and of themselves, have access to quite frankly the best tutor suite in all of EDH. Period. Yeah, at all. No, that's that's tutor, that tutor suite is insane. Just go look up the various tutors that black and blue has combined access to, and you could easily build a deck where you have over 20 tutors. <laughs> I mean, theoretically you could. I mean, not that you want to, no, per no, se. But, hey. But, I mean, you could do it. You really could do it and make it really that consistent. Yeah, no, this... Black and blue is some of the most consistent draw setups you could ever think of. And, quite frankly, Doomsday last <laughs> Like, Yeah, no, how many people are going to expect that? Uh... And really, if you really want to be a goofball about it, depending on how high the CMC of your deck is, how what you want to do with it, you could, I guess, in theory, even pair Turbo News with Doomsday as a secondary option. Yeah, no, you could, I could easily see it. And the fact is, consider this. Gush, LED, Get Probe, Street Wraith, Predict in itself, its own right. You know what's funny about that? Outside of the land man, outside of the lab man, all those cards are all value cards. Right, they're all yeah. dirt cheap. Yeah, they're all dirt cheap. And the thing is, though, you can play these throughout the game because how Doomsday work, put them right back into your library. Right. And it's like, who cares? Like, it's quite seriously pretty funny when you think <sighs> about it. <laughs> now, the trick, of course, is that you ideally want lab man in your yard or you want. Lab Man really in your library when you want to go for something like this. But, as I said before, this is a really cheap pile to crack. Uh, you've got Predict, which is a 1CMC sorcery. You've got Gush, which bounces two islands. You've got LED, which is free. Git Probe, which is effectively free because you pay two life. Yeah. <laughs> and then Street Wraith, which you pay two life for. So you're, you're paying, what, four mana between... Six cards? Yeah, no, that's insane. You're paying four mana between six cards post 
Doomsday. So really, it's three black and then three mana of whatever color you want to play, uh, not counting predict. So it really, it's seven, but you get the gist of it. Yeah, no. But I mean, truth be told, that's pretty much what we have for the day on tap. Most definitely. I'm personally stoked to see some of these cards hit uh, uh, the tables yeah, over at my LGS. I'm interested in hearing what's going to happen at other LGSs, especially all over the internet through the CDH Discord, yeah, no, through this Reddit. Is, this is going to be funny. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I predict some really good things coming up for these cards coming yeah, out. Definitely. So that's going to be all the time that we have for this episode of the Future Side series. If you like this content, feel free to like, share, and subscribe with your fellow members. And as always, it's always better to get good rather than get wrecked.